Good morning, church. Let's stand up as we worship the Lord. Put your hands together.
see how many people you can hug, handshake, high five, whatever it may be. Can we do that? Are y'all ready? Are you are y'all ready? All right, let's put the two-minute countdown up and as many people as you can high five, hug, hands down, whatever it may be. Megan Grace Berry. Megan is a graduate with distinguished honors from Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 15 years. Megan has accepted the Board of Governors Scholarship from the University of Missouri. She plans to major in cellular and molecular biology. Her goal is to one day serve families as a pediatric oncologist. Barrett Wesley Burson. Barrett is a graduate of Jenks High School and has attended the assembly for five years. Barrett is interested in studying economics, finance and law, and plans to graduate from the University of Oklahoma. Cherish Gabrielle Joy Burson. Cherish is a graduate of Jenks High School and has attended the assembly for five years. She is a dedicated student and has been awarded the Whole Person Scholarship and Dean's Merit Scholarship by Oral Roberts University. Her interests are psychology, counseling, elementary education, interior design, and photography. Zachary Lee Bergen. Zach is a graduate with honors from Union High School and has attended the assembly for seven years. After graduation, Zach plans to attend the University of Oklahoma and major in criminal justice. Channing Leanne Freeman. Channing is a graduate with distinguished honors from Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 18 years. She plans on pursuing a degree in dentistry at the University of Oklahoma and to one day open her own dental practice. Emma Lee Giddens. Emma is a graduate with distinguished honors from Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for nine years. She will be attending Oral Roberts University in the fall. Graham Everett Gist. Graham is a graduate with distinguished honors and co-valedictorian from Summit Christian Academy. He has attended the assembly for two years. His future plans include attending Florida State University to double major in digital media production and journalism with a minor in Spanish. Russell Heath Heimbach. Russell is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for three years. He has been awarded $16,000 in scholarships from Oklahoma Christian University and will be majoring in interactive game design. Jessica Dawn Herndon. Jessica is a graduate with distinguished honors from Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for three years. After graduation, Jessica will attend the University of Central Missouri and major in interior design. Connor J. Leffingwell. Connor is a graduate of Regent Preparatory School of Oklahoma and has attended the assembly for five years. Connor has received the Whole Person Scholarship and will be attending Oral Roberts University in the fall. Rebecca Maureen Lindsay. Rebecca is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for six years. Rebecca will be attending Mid-American Christian University to play soccer and major in urban evangelism and world missions. 
Rachel Ann Martin. Rachel is a graduate of Victory Christian School, where she received a Diploma of Merit with high honors. She has attended the assembly for three and a half years. Rachel plans to attend Oral Roberts University, majoring in elementary education. Andrew Sasha McLean. Andrew is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for six years. His future plans include attending Oklahoma State University, pursuing a business degree, and eventually his MBA. Alexander Sergey McLean. Alexander is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for six years. His future plans include seeing what opportunities the College of Life affords. Morgan Elizabeth McKay. Morgan is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for 15 years. Morgan plans to attend the University of Arkansas in the fall and major in nursing. Stephen Gabriel Odon. Gabe is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for four years. Gabe plans to study sports media or sports management with a minor in communications at Oklahoma State University. Michael Weston Ott. Michael is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for 10 years. Michael has received a football scholarship to William Penn University and will be studying pre-law. Christian Chandler Reeves. Christian is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy and has attended the assembly for six years. His future plans include pursuing a bachelor's degree in psychology from Northeastern State University. Andrew Mark Rents. Andrew is a graduate of Jenks High School and has attended the assembly for two years. After graduation, he plans on entering the ministry. Cassidy Jewel Rohr. Cassidy is a graduate of Summit Christian Academy. Her future plans include acquiring a nurse technician certification and then continuing to Rogers State University to become a registered nurse. Jonathan David Sawyer. Jonathan is a graduate of Broken Arrow High School and has attended the assembly for 14 years. His future plans include attending Oklahoma City University where he has been awarded a full tuition music scholarship. Garrison Glenn Simon. Garrison has received scholarship offers in excess of $500,000 and has chosen to accept the Honors Fellow Scholarship and Alumni Scholarship at Oral Roberts University, where he will attend in the fall. Alexander Paul Trompler. Alex is a graduate of Regent Preparatory School of Oklahoma and has attended the assembly for eight years. His future plans include attending Rogers State University and majoring in liberal arts with an emphasis in English. Callie Brianne Updike. Callie is a graduate of Union High School and has attended the assembly for six years. Callie plans to attend TCC for two years, eventually majoring in early childhood education and development at Oral Roberts University. Anna Elizabeth Hughes. Anna is a graduate of Northeastern State University with a bachelor's in general studies with a focus on special education, teaching and learning, and behavioral sciences. Her future plans include becoming a certified special education teacher and someday taking her skills overseas to help special needs children and their families. 
Teresa Rutherford. Teresa is a graduate of Northeastern State University with a Bachelor's of Science in Elementary Education. She is graduating summa cum laude. Justin Keith Weaver. Justin is a graduate of Oral Roberts University with a Master's in Education in Curriculum Design and Instruction. He will continue in ministry at the assembly. Rebecca Michelle Gunn. Rebecca Gunn has earned her Doctorate of Business Administration from Anderson University in Indiana. She plans to continue teaching in the College of Business at Oral Roberts University. Ladies and gentlemen, these are your 2015 high school, college, and university graduates. Come on, let's celebrate these graduates. I want all of you to remain standing. We're all so proud of each of you and we're celebrating this present level of achievement. We are excited about where God is taking you, and we're going to talk more about that later in today's message. But I think it would be appropriate for all of us to pray that the best would be in their future while we celebrate the past. We then transition, start to fix our eyes on the next step. So why don't you just stretch a hand toward these graduates. Let's pray for them. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each one of these dedicated students each one has reached a new place, going to the next level. And so we thank you for their diligence. We thank you for their excellence. We pray, God, as they move forward, that you would bless them, that your word would indeed be that light on each step, that, Lord, you would keep them and you would just fill their hearts with the greatest dreams, big dreams and plans, Lord, just to live in the wonder of the unfolding journey. Not to be uh, confused or worried if they don't have everything mapped out. But just embracing the moment and living for the sunrise and to walk in your ways. And they will then be in the center of your purpose for their lives. So that is our prayer for them. Thank you for all of those who have stood beside them, supported them, encouraged them, invested in them so that they could be where they are today. We also pray blessings on all of the family and friends as well. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. And now one more time, let's really celebrate the 2015 graduates. God bless you guys. You may all be seated. I do want to dedicate today's message to these graduates, but it is a message that we all will find very helpful, very relevant to our lives. There is an interesting sequence that I see in the earliest followers of Jesus, and it's the same sequence that happens in our lives. And that is you receive an assignment. That assignment comes from the Lord. It's called your destiny. It comes in phases and seasons and places 
and positions. Assignment. And that assignment, because you're doing what God has told you to do, will be met with resistance. And because the resistance can get intense, you have to be resilient. And so as you look at the early followers of Jesus through the book of Acts, you will see this sequence, and it is then the Spirit that was poured out in Acts chapter 2 that empowers them to successfully move through the opposition to a place where they're resilient, where they continue to own with dedication the assignment that God has given. Think with me for a moment about Paul. When Paul went to Philippi, that was his assignment. That would be in Acts 16. I'll give you an overview. You don't have to turn there. In Acts 16, his assignment was to take the gospel to Philippi. The resistance came in the form of Satan's attack. And here's the way it looked. There was a little girl that was mocking Paul as he would preach the gospel because she was possessed by Satan, according to the scripture. So Paul finally prays for her that this satanic influence would be lifted off of her life. And that happens. But the resistance doesn't stop. The two men that were trafficking this little girl then are angry because they're going to lose a lot of money because they use the little girl as a fortune teller. They, through a series of events, have Paul brought before the authorities. He's in court. He is found guilty for doing nothing more than preaching the gospel. And so he was stretched out and severely beaten. Uh, They almost killed him through the beating and then put him into prison. So he was resisted at a major level. And so there was no way to go forward unless he was resilient. When he leaves Philippi, he goes to Thessalonica. There he presents the gospel. He's in the synagogue and he is presenting the truth of Christianity. Well, there were many people who didn't like the message. They thought that would be a disease on their religious observance. And so, like in mob fashion, they prepare to attack him. So his assignment was the same, just in a different place. The resistance was intense. And just imagine the emotion of the moment. I don't know if he's even fully recovered emotionally or physically from the beating he took in Philippi. And now he's in this new place and he knows that there is a mob forming and they are after him to attack him and take him out. He escapes narrowly in the dark of night from that place. He goes to Berea. While he's in Berea, he's doing the same thing. His assignment was to take the gospel to those people. The, the haters back in Thessalonica hear that he's in Berea, so they all go there, continuing their pursuit. So there's the resistance. It gets very intense, and the only way he survives and continues to thrive is because he is so resilient. So where did that come from? That came from the Spirit's empowerment in his life to assist him in his assignment To help him overcome the resistance and to be resilient, which means to bounce back, to recover, to respond to the deepest kind of pain and go forward with a sense of well-being. So to all of us, this is a sequence that will happen. Where are you right now? What is the, the most recent assignment? What's the new assignment? What assignment are you in the midst of? And the prayer today 
is that you will receive an assistance from God's presence for that assignment. Because we all want to live a significant life. And if you're going to live a significant life, you've got to be a self that's even better than yourself. I'm talking about God using you in ways that only he can. So we're going to ask him, will you assist me in this assignment? If you do that, you will be resisted. I'm telling you, the haters will show up. People don't hate on those who are mediocre. If you want to rock vanilla, no one will ever hate on you. But if you step out to do something of significance, the haters will show up. John Acuff calls it critics' math. And here's the formula. Here's the way criticism works. For every 1,000 compliments plus one criticism, if you take that and put it in a formula, he says it equals in this way. 1,000 compliments plus one criticism equals one criticism. Why? Because we will shot block the compliments, but we will internalize the criticism until we remember it verbatim, word for word, and it really it really hurts or it challenges us. It can even stop our progress. Again, people will definitely hate on you if you try to do something significant. And they have ways to hate in this day like they've never had. I mean, I thought all the Pharisees died. Well, maybe they did, but they've been resurrected and they are all on Facebook. Every one of them. And you just do something significant and they will start hating on you. And, and it's not easy to take. The co-writer of Seinfeld, he, he lived in L.A. He took a trip to New York, Seinfeld being the most successful sitcom of all time. He attends a Yankees game. Someone tells those who are, are, are producing the whole game, running the cameras, the jumbotron, that this guy's in the audience. So during a transition from one inning to the next, they zero in on him, and there his face is on the jumbotron, and everybody in the stadium starts chanting his name. They're cheering for him like 50,000 people. When he leaves the game, one person sees him getting in his car, and that person walks over and says, hey, you're horrible, and hates on him. And later that evening, he's doing a radio interview, and he says, it was so hard to do the interview without focusing on that one criticism. He said that one criticism threatened a stadium of compliments. Because 1,000 compliments plus one criticism equals one criticism. We tend to internalize criticism. The owner of Southwest Airlines, he's a brilliant leader, and there was this lady flying Southwest Airlines most every week, and she always complained. She moved from complaining to just the flight attendants to those working the desk to writing letters. She would write these letters every week, like substantial amount of print and copy. And it went on for so long that finally the executive assistant to the president of Southwest Airlines says, look, we've, we've responded to this lady. We've done everything we know to do. Everyone at every level has responded. And I'm just making you aware. She he showed her him one of those letters. She does this every week. So he 
pulls out a little note card and he writes her a note. And here's what he wrote. We will miss you. Because sometimes you just have to shake it off. People are going to hate. But in the words of the theologian Taylor Swift, you got to shake it off. You will not do anything significant in your life if you don't learn how to shake off criticism. People will criticize you because they're jealous of your journey. People will criticize you not because you're doing anything wrong, but the insecurity in their heart has positioned them to where the only way they know how to exist is to be hating on someone. People will criticize you because of the significance of what you choose to do. People will criticize you if you try to tweak something or change something, do it a little differently to prepare something for the future, to do something that is reaching forward. You will, you will get criticized. And if you don't learn how to process that, then you will get stuck in such resistance that you'll grow bitter rather, rather than resilient. And here's what will happen. You'll be tempted to play it safe. You'll be tempted to live a less significant life so that no one will hate on you. And what you'll do is you'll embrace mediocrity. And the Lord has not created you to be average. He's created you for greatness. He's created you for significance. He's created you for a purpose that is eternal. And the enemy would love to just set it up where you get so criticized that you sail closer to the harbor rather than getting out there where the waves get big and the wind gets strong and you get knocked around on occasion, but at least you're out in the deep water doing something that really matters. So we're going to have to have some empowerment to deal with criticism and it's tough you can internalize an email what someone has said there are people my age 49 going into their 50s and they have lived a limited life by what was said to them way back in their history because words have power and criticism is not easy to, to deal with. One criticism can silence a stadium of compliments. So the Lord wants to help all of us deal with that kind of resistance. But the resistance goes deeper than just criticism. Consider Paul. He dealt with resistance that resulted in physical pain and emotional damage or challenge because you don't go through what he went through and it just be physical. It was, it was both physical and emotional. When you're beaten, when, when you're stoned, I'm not talking about like Colorado stoned. I'm talking about like when people pick up rocks and they try to kill you? I mean, what, how long does it take to get over that physically? And then how long does it take to get over that kind of, of adversity and emotional strife? How long does that take? And yet I want you to hear from this man, Paul, 
who would be found saying things like this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Here Paul saying things like this. The outward man is perishing, but the inward man is getting renewed day by day. What is that? That's the language of resilience. That's the language of someone who's doing well. That is the language of someone who's overcoming, who's not growing bitter, but just taking life and its hits and finding something by the power of God to live above it, to rise above it, to suffer through it. You hear Paul saying things like this. I've been pressed down. Almost torn to pieces, left for dead. I mean, just list all of these horrible things. He says, but I'm still here. I've never been abandoned. I've never been forsaken. God is with me. What is that? That's the language of resilience. I mean, here's a guy who is on a ship. He's on that ship because the Holy Spirit has led him. He's on his way to an assignment A storm breaks out. The ship breaks into pieces. He's right in the middle of the sea. And he grabs a little piece of the ship that is floating, holds onto it. I mean, what would it be like to be shipwrecked? I mean, you've been beaten, put in prison. Now you're adrift at sea. You finally get to land. And when your feet get on solid ground and you are just recovering from the potential death by drowning and you're cold... The natural thing is to build a fire. And when he goes to build a fire, from the very wood he gathers, a snake comes out and bites him. So he's snake been like, at some point you just feel like, can it get any worse? And so everyone on the island says, okay, he, there must be something really evil about him or he wouldn't have been snake bitten. But then they, they hold off from attacking him. And they realize he's not dying. So then they think he's a god. It's just crazy. This is a guy who says, I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten multiple times. Thrown into prison and left for dead. Yet all of these things, this is his writing, that almost work death in me. Because there's a great God of comfort. He has brought life out of what almost killed me. And what almost killed me is working life in other people. That's the language of resilience. By the time he gets to Corinth, where all that has happened, he's not this bitter old man who's thinking life isn't worth it and God's just played a cruel joke on him. No, he's still thriving and doing great things because he's been empowered for his assignment to overcome resistance and to bounce back. So, what kind of resistance are you feeling? Resistance goes beyond criticism to Physical and emotional challenges. Scott Smiley, he served this country in the military, did multiple tours in Afghanistan, and on the last one, he was in a convoy, an explosion went off. The explosion happened so close to him that he was blinded. He came home and was dealing with the physical challenges of learning to do life, having lost his sight. And then he writes of the deep emotional challenges. But he says he found grace and he found God in the midst of all of that. And the result is his, his family is stronger and not weaker. His marriage is stronger, not weaker. He writes that since being blind, he has learned to surf. He goes snow skiing, which I don't know how that happens. But he does, and I've watched videos of it. 
And he's the first person with that injury to ever re-enter active service in administrative roles, doing things that he can do even with that limitation. And here is a guy who had an assignment, but he met resistance. That resistance resulted in physical and emotional damage, but by the grace of God, he has bounced back, he has recovered, he has rebounded, and he is doing life in a very highly successful way, and so can you. So where are you in the sequence? What's the new assignment? What is the level of resistance? Are you at the place in the sequence where right now you're just rather rather down and you need to bounce back? question would be how if we know that Paul could have only done this by the Spirit's help how do you receive it so I want to take you now to Psalm 92 Psalm 92 and I want to show you verse 10 this power that Paul received and that these early believers received that Scott Smiley received is called an anointing in the Old Testament it's like this fresh touch of God let me read it for you But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. So anyone reading that then would know that this is God making someone about as strong as they could be. He uses this animal as a metaphor so people would get it. When God does a fresh work in your life, it is is supernatural strength, assistance for your assignment. Let's keep going. I have been anointed with fresh oil. In the Old Testament, anointing came for those who were needing authority, who were needing a mantle of responsibility and leadership like David. Samuel anointed him, and that gave him not only position, but authority with the position. And we see in the New Testament, this anointing is not pouring oil on people. It's an internal work of the Holy Spirit doing internally what we see metaphorically here in the Old Testament. So this fresh power, this fresh anointing, this fresh oil is a result of harvest that's just been taken up. Now this is very important. Some versions say finest oil. I've chosen to give you this in the New American Standard because it says you are anointed with fresh oil. That is that fresh touch of God. It's the finest because it is taken from the harvest that's just been brought in. So what we're wanting is strength and power for our assignment to overcome resistance and to be resilient. So we need a fresh touch from God. We need that empowerment. How? Let's go back to the beginning of the psalm. This psalm has a heading that says, A song to be sung on the Sabbath. So this was to be read on a certain day. The day was the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was the end of one week, the beginning of a new. So this was a song that was a request for fresh power in transition. This fresh oil, look at what we're learning in this psalm. This fresh oil came from harvest. So it was showing us there had been a season that had come to an end. There had been planting watering, working the field, harvest came, they collected the harvest from which fresh oil. Now, in between that season and a new season of planting 
and watering and working until there's another harvest. In between, in transition, there was fresh power for transition. There's fresh, I'm either going into an assignment or I'm dealing with resistance because of the assignment I have or I'm needing to be resilient because I'm in that phase, I'm in that part, I'm in that chapter, I'm in that season. And so this psalm is a psalm of fresh power for people who are in the sequence. It is power for people in transition. So maybe you're going from high school to college. Maybe you're going from being lead youth pastor to leading a whole church in international ministry. Maybe you're going from being an associate to the youth pastor to being the lead youth pastor. You're going from one thing, there's transition. And this psalm is saying there is fresh power in transition. Because if you've been working at it, and you, there's something that, that the story has taken from you. Seasons come with challenges and, and it takes something. And so when you enter the new season, there needs to be a replenishment. There needs to be a renewal, a fresh strength. He will make you as strong as you have ever been. He will give you power for right here and right now. And if you've got a great assignment, he's going to assist you. If you're in that assignment and it's hard, he's going to help you. If you've taken some hits, that spirit of Jesus in you called the Holy Spirit is the same spirit that raised Christ. When Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life, in the Greek, that means I'm the stand up and the recovery. I don't have, nor did Paul, nor does anyone have what it takes to bounce back from the kind of intense persecution and physical pain and emotional damage that he received. No one has that. But the power of Jesus in him was enough to cause him to bounce back. And instead of being bitter, he's filled with this language of a resilient, successful, influential person. Same for you. That's why we're so desperate for God. We're so desperate to have his presence operative in our lives. Okay. So how? I want that fresh power. I want that strength. How? It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name. It's by worship. It's not the only way. God has chosen. It somehow centers our heart on God. And as we worship him, there's just a fresh touch, fresh power that comes. Well, how do I worship him? Here's how. Declare the loving kindness. I'm going to praise him. Declaring your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. When your worship includes praise for grace and praise for God's faithfulness, it is the kind of worship that will have a response from the Lord of fresh power. Lord, I thank you for forgiving my sins, taking away my guilt and shame, making me a new person, someone that I could never have been on my own. I praise you for grace, and I praise you for being faithful. One time Jesus was talking to a group of people who were worried, kind of stressed out, they were in transition. And he says, hey, just look at the birds. 
He says, they're not worried. It was the argument from the lesser to the greater. Like if I would take care of them, how much more will I take care of you? And he chose birds because birds are everywhere. He didn't say, all of you who are worried, just check out the, the clouded snow leopard. Like, who could ever see one of those? Like, you get worried. Have you seen a snow leopard lately? I really need to check it out. Because like Jesus said, if you're worried, check out the snow leopard. And I, well, there's only 500 in the world. And none of them are in Broken Arrow. One got out in the storm here in Oklahoma City. And they're, they're, they're not any, you can never do that. He chooses birds. There are 400 billion birds. I don't know who counted them. That's what Google says. 400 billion, which means they're everywhere. If you're in the remote part of Africa, they're there out on your back porch. They are there. You heard them. You saw them when you were coming in this morning. They're everywhere. Just take a look at them. Just take a look at them. They're not worried. And if God would take care of them, how much more? So when you, when you capture the essence of that in your heart, you praise Him for His faithfulness to you. And when you worship Him for grace, and you worship Him for faithfulness, hey, all of us have gone through some stuff, but by the faithfulness of God, we are all still here. Come on. That's awesome. Give that a, we're all still here. We got a good spirit. God's doing good things. He's still giving out assignments. He's still got new things and new seasons and new people in new places and he's giving you fresh power for the new season you're going to bounce back from the things that have happened in yesterday until the only impact they have is helping you help other people who are where you used to be it's a new day and it's a new season and as i praise him for grace and as i praise him for his faithfulness get ready fresh power students I want to talk to you graduates there have been times I wanted to quit you say when every Monday no that's an exaggeration there have been times the weight burden, the struggle. I just thought, I'm going to go do something else. But I know that God's given me this assignment. And when I opted to worship in those times, and you just, I can tell you something happened in my spirit. And I couldn't wait to step up to the calling, to the responsibility that God had given me. And there was nothing in me that could have brought that kind of attitude. It was a work that happened by the Holy Spirit so that I could do the assignment. I saw a group of students recently in QT and they were on their way to prom. And the guys had tuxes and the girls had the formal dresses on and they're in QT. No one else was dressed like that. And it was kind of interesting. People looked. The 
Because guess what? They weren't dressed for where they were. They were dressed for where they were going. God gave me a vision. It's even happened at this church. When God gives you a vision, you are dressed for where you're going. It's hard to explain. You can't quite, you feel like, you feel like you're in a tux and QT and people are like, what? Like, dude. And, and you can't put the language to all that is happening in your heart. But the reason is because you're dressed for where you're going. And I've lived long enough to those seasons, you get to where you're going. There's always another assignment, but you get to where you're going. And you're like, you know, I'm glad I didn't quit when I was getting awkward looks. I'm glad I didn't quit when I was getting criticized and getting, getting little love notes in the offering. I'm so glad that I didn't quit. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. If I'd have quit, I couldn't have celebrated this day with you. I'm so glad I didn't quit. And if it would have been left up to me, I would have. It was the Holy Spirit's work in me that has kept me. And I'm here so pumped for you. Going dream and dream big. Don't dare sail close to the shore. You get out there and you go for it. Because God has created you for great things. Awesome things. And you're going to do it. You're going to go for it. So, I want all of us to stand right now. And we're going to take the next block of time to become doers of the word. What we're going to do is worship and thank God for grace. And we're going to receive fresh power. How many of you say, I need fresh power today? Here's what we're going to do. As we're in this season of worship, you may want to say, you know what? I'm, I'm even going to go forward and just stand along the front. I, God, I want all you have for me for this assignment. I want all you have for me. Just go for it with all of your heart. Worship him. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're about to do. Thank you for the fresh power that is about to fill every heart. Thank you, Lord, for the work of your spirit that's going to help us in the sequence that we have seen today. Have your way, Lord. Just with your eyes closed. Just begin to center everything in on God. You've got plans for the afternoon, but right now, all focus on Him. 100% of your attention. He's so good. He's so awesome. Just live a song from your heart. Lift your hands. Lift your heart to Jesus. He's forgiven you. He's been faithful. Give him the best worship you've ever given.
sing that again. That's the faithfulness of God.
God bless you. We honor all the graduates. Have an awesome afternoon. You're dismissed.